This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. Hello everyone, this is the Evil Chocolate Cookie bringing you today's edition of Jeopardy Chronicles. We are here on a Tuesday night and I am half an hour late. Actually, I'm more than half an hour late because I got busy. But, eh, I'm here and it's time to talk. Because tonight was kind of an interesting game. This, While this was part of the Tournament of Champions, it will have no outcome whatsoever on the it will have no effect whatsoever on the outcome of the tournament itself I can't talk today today's game was an exhibition game between Madame Odio, Amy Schneider, and Matea Roach because they were sent straight into the semifinals they did not get to they would not have gotten to warm up otherwise and plus this was originally aired on election day So, the thinking was, you know, Election Day is going to cause Jeopardy to get preempted in, like, everywhere. So, they would show something that, you know, could safely be shown without people having to miss, you know, important parts of the tournament. Also, it was originally aired on November 8th, which, as I'm sure most of you know, is the day we lost Alex Trebek a few years back. Oh my god, I can't believe it's been almost three years. But they wanted to do something for that too. And this exhibition game really helped them out with that. Now to meet our contestants. First of all, of course, we had... I'm not going to introduce them in the order they were introduced on the show. I'm going to introduce them... In the order they played. Originally. So first we have Madame Odeo. Madame Odeo currently holds a record that I don't think will ever be broken. Because hopefully we will never have the occasion to go through what caused this record again. Madame Odeo has played under more hosts than any other Jeopardy contestant. He has played under... Robin Roberts, LeVar Burton, David Faber, Joe Buck, Mike Richards, Mayim Bialik, and of course, Ken Jennings. And I feel like I'm missing someone, but I guess I'm not. No, I'm not missing anybody. So he's played under like seven hosts. Which is a record I don't think anyone will ever break. I hope nobody ever breaks it because that kind of turmoil is something I would rather not go through again. But aside from that, Matamodio annoyed a lot of people during his time on the show. 
because of his unconventional answering style. People thought it was kind of obnoxious that he wasn't answering the questions in a grammatically correct manner. And he even explained the way he answered as it was just easier and it saved time and gave him more time to think about the answer itself. So, that's why he answered questions the way he did. And I think it was kind of smart. Anything that will help you out, I encourage you to do it. But that really drove a lot of people crazy. And as I've said, the day he lost, people were bashing Jonathan Fisher for beating him. And I'm like, really? What's wrong with you? What happened in his final game? He lost He lost his momentum and then he lost his confidence and it just kind of messed him up. So it, the game was just not his friend that day. Which I'm sure happens to the best of us. We're decent at something, but some days just don't go so well. But, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things that happens. But I remember when, honestly, Matt annoyed me at first. Because I didn't think he had much of a personality the first few games. I'm like, really? Like, the first little bit, I'm like, is this guy ever going to lose? I am so bored right now. But then as he kept winning, I got to like him a lot more because... Well, first of all, I found him on social media. And I was able to see that he does indeed have a personality. And isn't, you know, always boring and blah so that that kind of made me warm up to him a lot a lot and then just how well he was playing also definitely had a hand in winning me over because I appreciate good players I appreciate players that just obliterate the competition the competition probably doesn't appreciate it but from where I'm sitting I appreciate it I appreciate the hard work that goes into being able to play like that. So, I'm going to leave it at that. But, yeah, I was I was very sad when Matt ended up losing and falling to the Monday curse. But... At the same time, I mean, we all knew it had to happen eventually, so, yeah. Next, let's talk about Amy Schneider. Now, Amy kind of surprised us all. She defeated Andrew He, who, as we know, I cannot stand. And from then on, I liked, I liked her right off the bat. And she just completely blew me away. Just the strategies that she had for playing and some of the stuff that she did. 
I was just like, oh my God. And then she just bam, 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 bam. She just keeps going and going and going and going. And I'm like, oh my God. When she passed Julia Collins for most wins by a female contestant, I just about fell out of my chair. Because Julia Collins had had that record since 2014. And I was just utterly stunned. I'm like, oh my god, somebody actually did it. Fun fact, people probably don't realize this, but Amy ended up winning double the amount of games that Julia won at the time. So there's your there's your fun factoid for the day. I actually watched Good Morning America one day just to see her and I was so bored by the time they actually got to her. I'm like, oh my god, why did I sign myself up for this? For those of you who don't know, Good Morning America is one of the most tedious things out there. So I would advise not watching it any more than you absolutely have to. Because, ugh. But when Amy ended up losing, it kind of shocked me, honestly, because she'd been playing so well. And it wasn't that she wasn't playing well the day she lost. It was that someone else made a bold move. The, the guy that ended up beating her made a very bold move that put him within striking distance. And when Amy ended up missing Final Jeopardy, that's what ultimately ended her streak. Had she gotten Final Jeopardy correct that day, she would have continued playing. But that Final Jeopardy, in her defense, that Final Jeopardy was hard. I was watching with my Jeopardy club that night, and none of us had a clue. We were just trying to talk through it during the during the think music, and we were just so stumped. Like, what the? So, that happened. But it was very surprising. And yeah, it made me sad because, like I said, I liked her right off. At least it wasn't a Monday. It, it was a Wednesday, I believe. So, there's that, I guess. <laughs> Sorry for the amount of racket. I'm trying to get my phone plugged up here before we get rudely cut off by my battery dying. Alright, there we go. But that's Amy's streak in a nutshell. Finally, we come to Matea, who... I was another one that I liked right off. And I think so did everyone else because they just seem like one of those people that you could just be friends with in five seconds flat and not have to think about it. Now, they were known for very close calls during their streak. 
I the amount of times they won by one dollar is just so high compared to everyone else I've seen. It's just oh my god. And they are actually the best performing Canadian contestant to have ever appeared on the show. Which I did not know at the time. I figured there'd been a lot of really awesome Canadian players, but I guess I guess not. At least not that caliber of awesome. There are several different calibers of awesome when it comes to Jeopardy, I guess. I don't know. But they they really did an amazing job. And actually the the game they lost came down to $1 as well, and they ended up losing by $1 just the way they kept winning. And I remember that because the person who won broke what we call the Friday curse for challengers. And what the Friday curse for challengers was is no super champion had ever lost on a Friday until this point. I remember that I remember that because I saw the recap on the subreddit that day and I think I almost dropped my phone on the floor. Cause I'm like, oh my god, not only did this contestant just lose, but th- it was on a Friday. Cause like like I said, the there was it was just one of those things. It was, an, it was something like the Monday curse. It was just something that had always been there. So it, it really did throw us... Throw, it threw us for a loop. But that's basically everyone who played today. That's their streaks. And as brief as I can give them because they were such long streaks. So, yeah, such long streaks. And only now... Do we get to the game itself? As I said, this was an exhibition game, so they weren't actually playing for anything. They were just playing to play. But it was it was really kind of awesome. And just watching the, those three play against each other. I remember posting on Twitter a few... Uh, a couple weeks before that, I said, if we don't get to see a Matt versus Amy versus Matea Jeopardy contest, we will be forever robbed. And actually, I don't remember who it was, but one of the Jeopardy contest former Jeopardy contestants I was following and who had followed me back, wrote back to me and said, well, wait until November 8th and your wish will be granted. And I'm like, oh my God, is it, is this for real right now? Actually, I remember I was just about to get in the shower when I saw that and I squealed like a little kid. Because I was just like, oh my god. But the, the game itself was extremely fun. Everyone was having fun. Matt, when he first buzzed in, before he answered the question, he goes, he just goes, hi, Ken. I just wanted to say hi. And that answers the question correctly. It was funny. And they had a Remembering Alex Trebek category, which I really, really appreciated. Like, that, the first year, 
season 38, they did nothing. That Monday rolled around, because it was a Monday that year. They did nothing. They put a title card at the end of the show. Other than that, they didn't even acknowledge Alex in any way. And it kind of hurt me, because you don't just forget the person that built the thing you're currently working on. I know Alex didn't do it alone, but he he did the lion's share of the work, I would say, because, well, he produced the show for the first three years of its run since when it came back in 84. He hosted for 30-some years. He, he did all kinds of stuff, so that should not be overlooked. But... All the same, it was overlooked that year. And that made me extremely sad and extremely upset. But this past year, this this exhibition game happened and they they acknowledged and they they did something and I, I can appreciate that. There was also a category called number please. And that category and this game at large was no and this game in general was notable for the following event that happened. Where to now? Number four. Normally the human body contains this number of chromosomal pairs. Amy. What is 23? That's correct. I don't know if you noticed, but the numbers in that category, 40, 23, 38, and 74, which is larger than all of them. No. Oh <laughs> We'll just pretend. <laughs> Amy, select again. I'll do number, please, for 200. <laughs> Let's see if you know this one. Matthew 4 says... If you don't understand what happened there, um, Ken accidentally gave out an answer to an unrevealed clue. And expressed himself in rather colorful terms, but because it was an exhibition game, they just kind of let it go. Because there's no way it could have affected anything. They were just playing to play. So, that happened. (laughs) But it was kind of entertaining and Everyone was laughing about it for days. I was like, oh my god, did that really just happen? <sighs> but it was it was highly amusing. I, I do have to say that. Another amusing event that happened during the game was happened during Double Jeopardy when Matea landed on the first Daily Double. And sadly, I could not find a clip of this as hard as I looked. But when Ken asked how much they wanted to wager, the response was... I'll wager 2,800 magic beans. (laughs) So now that's a meme in the Jeopardy universe. It just, wow. But everyone had fun. Uh, Matea actually ended up with a very large lead throughout most of the game. Uh, 
sorry, my telegram's going ballistic. But that that happened, and it was amusing. And, well, like I said, Matea had a pretty big lead throughout most of the game. And was consequently the only one to get Final Jeopardy correct. Because... The other two between them had it correct, but Matea was the only one to get the full correct answer. The other two lost nice fat chunks of their money. Matea pulled the smart move and didn't wager anything. And won all of their magic beans. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, it was it was an interesting game. It was a very memorable game. And it was... It was extremely enjoyable, I would have to say. Um, the players had fun. Ken had fun. Those of us at home had fun. And I think that was really the goal of this particular game. So that's what, that's basically the rundown of the game. Like I said, everyone had fun. It was an awesome game. Getting to see those three play against each other was epic. I was just, oh my god, I, I gotta see how this turns out. But it was, it was most definitely awesome, and I applaud, I applaud all three of them for playing so well and just for having fun. I honestly would not have known who to root for had that been like an actual match, because I like all three of them so much. They're they're all they're all amazing players. I haven't had the luxury of meeting them, but I'd love to. Because they all seem like amazing people too. I know the TV screen only shows you a, a small bit of someone's personality. But they just they seem awesome and amazing and incredible and I love it. So that's what I have for you today. Don't forget to keep coming back tomorrow and on throughout the week because the semifinals start tomorrow and that's when things are going to start really getting intense. And I did warn you folks that this was going to be a very, very, very long episode compared to what I normally put out. So that That's definitely happened, I would say. But that that's what I have for today. Just a slight reminder that, you know, I may be a little bit late once again at another point during the week. Um, I'm not exactly sure. But we'll take things as they come. And I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoy what we're doing here seven days a week. And I hope I haven't bored you to tears quite yet. But I'm going to say goodnight. I have some other things I need to do. So I'm going to sign off and say, as Alex used to, so long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast in Evil Chocolate Cookie production.